Mobile Smith rightly describes itself as a healthcare company more than it does a technology company, and many of you have probably seen them out there and would likely describe them as a smartphone app design company. And certainly it wouldn't be wrong to point to them as such. As Bruce Kennedy explains as their VP of Provider Development, Mobile Smith is a little bit more than that. They're only a mobile tech company secondarily to their role as a company that sees itself as helping consumers more easily navigate a confusing healthcare industry. That approach has helped rapidly grow Mobile Smith with more and more name recognition among hospital marketing teams. I'm Lance Lunsford, senior partner at Groundswell Health, and you're listening to the Connected Hospital Podcast. Thanks, Bruce, for talking to us today. We're really excited to, to talk to you about Mobile Smith, and, and especially because we're starting to see a little bit more acceptance on the health system and hospital level of uh, investment in the mobile space. When I first got into healthcare marketing myself, and first got into healthcare, um, we, we talked about mobile compatibility. I mean, just being able to get your website to be mobile friendly on a handheld smartphone was a priority for some of us, but there was there was pushback with the belief that the, a lot of the people that was either they were coming into the ERs or people that were utilizing um, didn't even have uh, smartphones to, to prioritize, and and a lot of us fought back against that. But today, at this point, um, we're we're well down the line from that kind of conversation. And Mobile Smith at the tip of that spear, we're. Where is Mobile Smith thinking now when we talk about mobile first and um, and, and where you are as a company um, to, to jump in and, and take a, a health system, whether it's timidly or conservatively at first, to robust and bold maybe of the range of kind of services that y'all are looking at now? Yeah, thanks, Lance. That's a that's a really great way to kick this off. Um, you're right. Uh, mobile health technology has changed radically uh, in the last, I'd say, 10 years. Um, I think all technology is, has moved pretty fast. I think mobile technology in general um, has moved a little bit slower, mainly because of the adoption rate by both consumers and by hospitals, quite frankly. Um, at Mobile Smith, we, we, we're, we've always tried to help our, our, our clients improve health outcomes, right? Whether we were focused on um, uh, uh, wayfinding app applications or preventive medicine applications, it's always been our goal to be a, a healthcare company first and a technology company second. And oh, by the way, um, our choice of technology is mobile mobile technology, right? Um, and, and so that's been our genesis um, as the platforms that support um, patients have have moved and migrated and evolved. We've been able to evolve our technology um, to better help our clients um, uh, and our and 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 the patients our clients serve become better healthcare consumers, right? And we're meeting them where they where they are. Um, they weren't as mobile friendly, um, both patients and hospitals, probably seven eight years ago. Now they're much more mobile friendly to the point where. Um, we're able to um, better target some of the needs they're having from a, a medical adherence or medic medication adherence uh, perspective, um, from a discharge compliance perspective, um, from a health liter literacy perspective. And we're now able to better track patient 
activity and and track patient adherence to um, goals, medical goals, treatment goals, post-discharge goals, and feed that information back to hospitals so that they can make better decisions about how they treat, intervene, and help that patient recover. Um, and we've been focused on that for the last two years. Well, it's, it's, I think that that's where really um, you're making kind of the, the inroads because I think, you know, technology, um, when it came to, to healthcare for a number of years, and I think it's what made the EMR um, emergence from, you know, 2009 to uh, maybe 20 minutes ago, so tumultuous that, um, you know, so much of technology was just trying to take technology to healthcare rather than bring healthcare to technology. And um, the approach that you're taking, again, as you put it, to do healthcare first, be a healthcare company first, and then a mobile tech second, maybe why you're seeing so much more rapid growth uh, so early on than, than I think um, some others. Because again, I think there's a difference in saying we want to be a mobile first technology to help a patient use a cell phone to what you're saying, which is making that cell phone that belongs to a consumer clinically operable with the priorities that we have in delivering better care from the hospital and health system perspective. So when you talk as a team um, and you start to um, outline, you know, a, a product line or you start to go in for your first presentation to a hospital, what are some of the expectations right now from the hospital system? Are they in a place where they're seeing um, things the way you are uh, as far as that that patient's phone being a tool for discharge management, compliance monitoring, um, kind of that whole list of things that you just read off, or are they bringing assumptions to the table first um, that that might come along with a phrase like mobile first technology? Interesting. Um, And I think you've nailed a couple of areas right on the head. Um, To answer your question directly, it could be a mixed bag, obviously, working with the range of hospital sizes and systems that are out there. But for the most part, I would say that that a lot of the hospital teams that we talk with and work with, um, they expected a lot of this technology to to be here because of their their investment in their EMR, right? I mean, some yeah. of this was... <laughs> some, some of this... started... Yeah, some of the expectations that they have were based upon the way EMRs were sold into their systems, um, and I would I would argue that they were sold very functionally, but also sold sold very aspirationally. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can recall my days at at at, at Duke University Health System where um, we were mi- making the migration to Epic, and I used to call. Uh, this was back in I think 2009, maybe maybe 2010, mm-hmm. and we we used to call you know the epic migration um, and evolution chart kind of the wheel of death. You know, it was just yeah, it was this pie chart, but it was a it was a pie chart that must have had at least you know. 4,000 slices on the pie yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. of how we would migrate Epic into, into a system as complicated as Duke University Health System. And, and so I, I would say that, that the expectation was set by, by EMR companies, right? Um, that, that this would be the future, that we would move to um, greater levels of efficiency um, via, via your EMR platforms, right? And, and to a large part, that, that pathway has moved. I mean, I, I you know, 
EMR systems certainly are supporting hospitals now in a way that they were not 10 years ago, right? Or, or even eight years ago. So the evolution has happened there. I think it has not happened as quickly as, as hospitals looked at redesigning their care, care design you know, or, or care remodeling plans, right? I think, I think we all had a different idea about what the patient journey would look like post uh, EMR integration than it currently looks now. So you, who, whose fault do you think that more belongs to the EMR companies, the health systems or the federal money that basically was laid out there where attestation was this only thing you had to respond to? Like, do you think there's enough to go around or do you think that that kind of, or, or do you think it's because the way we uh, ultimately set ourselves up for that um, to say, well, you tell us what the EMR can do and we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to, to make us, um, you know, transition to, to an all EMR environment. Yeah. Like everything else, Lance, I think, you know, just like everybody deserves credit for the good things that have come from EMRs and expectations. I think everyone deserves a little credit for the things that probably were not um, anticipated or certainly maybe there were, were some, um, um, uh, misgivings about about the pace of, of, of how this would take place. Um, but I think that that really the, the, the real challenge, I think, has been on pacing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that we, we have to be careful about when it comes to hospitals is making assumptions about hospitals, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, just on a broad level, um, every hospital in the country is probably experiencing some semblance of the same combination of problems, right? I think we could, we, could, we could say that broadly, right? But while you would define a market by that, any other market by that as something we can attack, you really have to define hospitals not by what challenges they're facing right now, but their level of readiness to tackle and ability to tackle those problems, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't come in and do something a hospital is not ready to do. There is, a, unlike other companies, you come in and go, well, you know, if you just put these 14 things in place, we can bridge that delta between where you are now, where you want to be, and then everything's all good. Um, that's not historically how you end up working with or consulting with healthcare organizations. Um, because you're not coming in and telling them anything they don't know already, right? It's mm-hmm. full of an amazing number of smart people, uh, both on the clinical side and the business side. You know, I've, I've never met a dumb hospital executive, right, yeah. um, for the most part. And, and so they know, the, you know what the problems are, and they will have legitimate reasons for why they haven't been able to get where they wanted to get. And so I think you've got to start the conversation at a point of what's your readiness level to take this on um, to implement something like an EMR-based patient adherence system, um, and, and let's deal with all the underlying issues that are stopping you from getting there. And then we can implement the application the way you want to see it implemented. So, you know, I think part of the delay, part of some of those misgivings have been just in misunderstanding a level of readiness to evolve um, and all the tools and pieces that you would need to, to get there. But, you know, I would say that with everyone we speak to, the will is there. Like if you say, hey, listen, I, you know, we have a, an application um, that provides you with this wonderful dashboard that you can see what's going on with your patients to whom you've assigned an app specific to them to um, run through all the pre and post surgical tasks that they have to to have a successful and complication free uh, bariatric procedure. You know, there's mm-hmm. no one in the room that goes, "Nah, I don't want to do that." 
right? Everyone wants to do that. Everyone wants to get there. Everyone, everyone in that room at a hospital or team in a hospital wants to see better care for their patient. They want to deliver better care. They want to see better outcomes. They want to see reduced complications. Um, and I think that the, the, the distance between where you are now and where you want to get to is where you have to approach hospitals at, right? That's where, that's where, that's where you have to have good consultants, good partners come in and, and help you get there versus trying to sell you there. Right. That's it. You know, so that, that, you know, you're actually hitting on a really interesting point. And I think um, that's a series of, of, of really solid points that you see across the board and, uh, and distilling them down into the fact that they know what their problems are. They've got a list of a litany of reasons for not having gotten there already, but you, you kind of unwind that, that knotted series of threads by kind of saying, well, what are the tools you have that are, you know, um, are, are going to enable you to get there? And, and that's where you start having this mobile kind of conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even though we are primarily a healthcare technology company, the technology that we deploy touches a, a, and a large number of stakeholders, right? Um, very often there's not one key decision maker at a hospital that we work with. There may be several. Um, and, you know, as with any other product you're selling into any environment, you always want to find that one champion to help you, you know, with your, with your product internally or with your product implementation internally in a hospital, you need to cultivate multiple champions, right? Um, and, and I think, you know, you look at some of the key players, um, stakeholders in the hospital, you know, you've got your clinical folks, you've got your chief medical officers, or, you know, your medical directors or chiefs or chairs. On the nursing side, you've got your chief nursing officer and um, nursing directors. Um, and, you know, on the business side, you know, you've got your... Um, chief financial officers, those, those folks are looking at the numbers. And then obviously you get down to the operation side, the operational part of, of a hospital where you've got your directors of surgery. Um, so, I, you know, there are a lot of players, a lot of moving parts. Um, and, I, and I think this is nothing new for them though. I mean, they, it's, it's probably newer for, for organizations that try to sell into hospitals that have not done it before. Um, right. Hospitals are used to this of being on the inside, you know, you're pulled into, you know, dozens of meetings a month that, you know, you're with counterparts from other parts of your organization and because you're going to get touched in some way on this project or this implementation. Um, and I think it's really about, I think success working with hospitals around adoption, integration of technology is really about the type of session um, and team you set up, right? You know, we, mm -hmm. we go in looking to work with a team, um, not necessarily one individual, even if, you know, our, what we do is fairly scalable. And one of the things that hospitals are looking for is a level of scalability, right? Because you can come in and say, hey, listen, we have a product that will revolutionize the way in which you look at your surgical processes, right? You know, we can deploy a, 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 a perioperative uh, patient adherence app that will allow you to, across all your, your surgeries, you know, uh, anytime they happen to be able to assign an app to the, to the, uh, the patient and be able to track that patient's performance or patient adherence to medical directions and instructions pre and post. Right. Um, and it will go great, but you know what? Only two of our service lines are ready for that right now. Right. So you've got to be able to easily scale that down to great. We can tackle just two of your service lines or one of your service lines 
that are ready for this or one service line that is in most need of this right now and is ready. And then we can scale back up again as you want to bring other service lines on board of this particular mobile application and technology. So, um, you know, you've, you've got to get in. And I, and I would say that the most important meetings that you ha we have with hospitals are really those discovery sessions, right? It's the right people in the room trying to figure out what some of the hurdles are going to be to implementation um, and addressing those hurdles head on uh, by individual or by group. Um, yeah. So that's interesting because when, when we talk about them, you know, internally and we have some B2B clients at Groundswell Health, but we also have hospital clients. And, and again, our as we talk, the experience being on the healthcare marketing side, I can kind of see it from both sides, having been in a in on the buying team on a on a product. But so I think what you're kind of talking about is something that where we look at on the B2B sales strategy is 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 looking at those buying groups and essentially you know when you're on a hospital team you're you're a stakeholder team that's all doing that assessment so what are a lot of those groups that you have where you're trying to get them on that same page because you could be sitting there with the the CNO um, of a hospital but then you've also got a marketing director and everybody has their their lanes to be in but they all have kind of the unified interest of outcomes but some of those groups are going to prioritize compliance and quality and then the others are going to be prioritizing patient volume so uh or and then by service line so how how do you do that assessment well one of the first things we, we have a fairly detailed set of discovery and assessment questions that mm. we depending upon the hospital client we we bake into the in, into the one or two sessions prior to us having the session or sometimes we'll just conversationally run through it um, to make sure that you know we're, we're we're making some productive use of time so that we're able to distill it, digest it, distill it, and then feed it back in some way that shapes a project, right? Or shapes how we would deploy within deploy a mobile app platform um, within their environment, right? Um, that sounded more technical than it really is. It really is. Hey, listen, what level of readiness are you at? Is what we're trying to get to um, most of the time. But I would I would say that. Um, that when we walk into the in, into a, a hospital, um, one of the most important questions we ask is, "Hey, you know, what do you have a, a multi-year strategic plan?" You know, that's that's one of the first questions. And what the follow-up question is, they say yes. The question, next question is, "Well, what year of that plan are you in?" And can you share that with us, right? Because one of the things that with all um, hospital leadership. And, and, and downward are, are, are have some fidelity to is that strategic plan, right? Because that's what's going to be thrown up as the wall in which you throw your project against. So um, if we have, a, if we have a, a, a hospital system or hospital where, you know, let's say um, operational um, uh, redesign or, or, or any kind of operational project is not, or surgical project is not, um, on the books, then we know it's going to be a harder climb, right? Not just for us, but it's going to be a more difficult climb for the for the individual in the hospital who wants to do it, right? So I mean, we're always trying to find ways to support our stakeholders and moving these projects forward as well. And that means sometimes we have to help them better understand what we do so that they can then communicate that to their CFO who's going to say, well, yeah, this is a great project, but it, it, it's not in line with where we are on our three-year strategic plan right now. We're not focused on, let's say, OR utilization improvement right now. That's not an issue for us. It may be next year or two years down the road, but right now that's not it. So all of these endeavors, all these initiatives, I had a conversation with somebody about this earlier, you know, 
on the outside of a hospital, we look at, at what we're trying to do with them or sell to them as an implementation, right? That's common, whether you're, whether you're deploying um, uh, software, whether you're deploying new services, it's always in our friend, we're selling an implementation, right? You know, on the inside of that hospital, you know, we look at that as, that's an initiative, right? <laughs> I mean, right. I know you're selling me some software, but on the inside of, of, of what I am and what we do, that's an initiative that has to be blocked out in months, maybe years, because I now have to spin up our internal machine to be able to do this. You know, you get to go home every day after these meetings. I get yeah. to kind of figure out how, I can how to make it work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's our approach going in, really understanding at a fairly deep level what the process is like for hospitals and how they make their decisions. And then we orient to what their overarching plans are and work downward, right? So, yeah. you know. That's, that's perfect. So when you, uh, well, tell me a little bit about what, where Mobile Smith has been, how, the, how things started out and, and kind of how things evolved to, to this point. Because, I mean, I, I, having seen it, I think I first kind of got brought in by the former, former leadership at Parkland. Um, and kind of had a first intro meeting at um, uh, IT nerd Burn, Burning Man or or him, yeah. <laughs> um, and kind of had that first exposure. What what um, kind of tell me a little bit about where things have started out and where they where where you are now? Yeah, we call it the genesis, right? There you so. Go. Um, I think the time at which you engaged uh, MobileSmith or you became aware of MobileSmith, we were still really focused on building a mobile platform um, that allowed a hospital user to develop as many apps as they wanted on the platform, right? Um, hospitals are unique beings when it comes to the mobile space, even prior to EMR adoption, in that they're probably the only industry where, let's say, a company um, or hospital might have a need for more than one mobile app running simultaneously. Um, uh, in most industry, in most companies, you might have a mobile app dedicated to your consumers, um, and then you have a mobile app maybe dedicated to your employees, and that's pretty much it. You know, for the most part, um, you may rarely segment out amongst your consumers um, into in, in, into verticals, but quite often, you know, uh, you know, a corporate mobile app is a corporate mobile app. It really is just a, fr a better front end for their website experience. Mm -hmm. um, hospitals are unique in that when you peel back the layers, each service line in many hospitals acts as its own um, small business, right? Um, each service line has their own P&L um, quite often, their own leadership team that's responsible for their P&L, and they have a level of autonomy to be able to go out and purchase those tools and products that are gonna help um, their, their, their service line um, uh, profitability, right? Um, or expense management. And so um, it, quite often hospitals were, hospitals were bubbling up as those institutions that really needed multiple mobile apps. And so they needed, they had need of a platform like the one MobileSmith developed. Um, and so that gave way to um, apps focused on different service lines, apps, apps focused on subspecialty service lines, uh, apps focused on wayfinding. Um, how do I navigate my patients through um, uh, the the yeah. experience? Yeah. You know, how do I take that care journey? You know? Yeah, I mean, and and I was kind of part of like the I would have been like a 
trying to police that pretty pretty heavily. Did that. So in my mind at the time when, you know, because again, each service line wanting their own, that to me just would have fragmented your message. It would have had a lot of brand risk out there. It would have, but at the same time though, each of those service lines are are probably more demographic and socio-demographically driven um, than, than, like you said, that's why they're justified, just why healthcare is so different and, and it would be justified to do so because they're serving so many people with such disparate needs. So do you, did that kind of create some problems out there um, and maybe some more problems that needed policing and fixing than it actually helped? Or do you think there was a, um, that that was a reasonable approach looking back at it, or as the team looks back, was that a reasonable way to go forward or was there a better way to have been doing it? I think in many ways, we played the hand we were dealt on that mm-hmm. one, Lance. Yeah. I, you know, I think that um, we were working within the way that hospitals thought about themselves and the way in which they were organized, right? I mean, we would always go in and, I mean, what you're talking about is kind of the approach around this omni-channel, which is, mm-hmm. hey, let's, let's take this and look at it from the top down. You know, what's your mobile strategy? you know, what's your mobile strategy to reaching patients versus consumers. And, you know, we would have those conversations and it was just so early in the adoption cycle that, you know, sometimes you would get these like these, these blank looks back and go, what do you mean? What is our mobile strategy? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we were, we were trying to meet the, the adoption curve with, with our products. Right. And, and I think that, you know, it was always our vision that at some point, if you were a hospital, for example, and you had, you know, a baby app, uh, an ortho app, and a GI app, that at some point we would be able to get you to migrate to an omni-channel where someone could experience from a general access perspective, here's the hospital XYZ or Smith Regional Hospital's mobile experience, um, and you have avenues to go down. I can go down the wayfinding for where my needs are. I can go down the, if I have a GI uh, colo coming up, I can go down the the GI Colo preparation route, I could, I, I could do it that way. Um, and I, I honestly say up, up until about maybe two years ago, hospitals weren't thinking of themselves that way, right? They're now beginning to understand the power of, a, of, of, of an omni-channel because now they're trying to encourage uh, patient access to labs and billing and, you know, all those other things that, that run the business from an efficiency standpoint. Um, so now there's an opening to really evolve into that space now of omni-channeling and um, really looking at the mobile consumer experience from the top down versus from the middle out. Again, I think it's probably a lot to take on if you're just now grabbing it. I mean, we, we and, and again, we know with as many large systems as, as there have become and everyone still looking to um, have that scale fulfilled that was promised with uh, the M&A activity that was out there. We now have even more kind of factors that are driving home the uh, demand for that kind of omni-channel centralization strategy to say, okay, well, we need to pull all of these patients in through the top of the funnel, but um, rather than them come out the end of a funnel, like they have very many different ends of a different funnel they need to be routed through. And and so you see that Mobile Smith playing in that space at this point. How, how, do, you, how do you guys fit into that omni-channel world today then? 
Well, I, I think as, as hospitals look at how they organize their mobile healthcare experience, um, we can organize it from the top down, middle through, or bottom up, right? Because now we have the ability to tap into um, uh, patient records um, through their EMRs, and our apps now integrate uh, seamlessly into um, uh, EMRs, both on the provider side, on a provider's desktop, and then EMR but also doing that translation of information tasks and medical adherence responsibilities back to the, to the um, patient, right? So um, you, have, you have multiple kinds of ways to look at a, at, a, at, a, at a healthcare app, right? And many of them are episodic, right? So um, a hospital's app, you know, you would ordinarily only go to if you were having an experience that needed to connect you to that hospital. I'm going to visit someone, I'm going to check in for a procedure um, or I'm going to a clinic visit. And, and so I think, you know, what hospitals are beginning to realize is that, you know, you can create an experience um, for a, a user or for a patient that makes that app more relevant every day of their lives, right? Whether it's through um, integrating trackers in that um, help them better understand their health and then report that back to their providers, um, whether it's um, post-surgical um, preventive and wellness, right? So you've had your procedure. How do we get you to, one, know when something is going wrong so that we can stave off a procedure, or two, know that we're moving in the direction of a procedure, so let's get you engaged with us more, much, much earlier in the process, right? Mm -hmm. So we can complicate the procedure. So, you know, a lot of that is, is now possible because you don't have to give up your app after your procedure, right? There is viability beyond that. We have some hospitals, for example, that we're doing um, a lifestyle app development, right? So you start out with a baby's app. Well, you start out actually with a, a pregnancy app, um, you know, so in vitro fertilization, um, uh, uh, pregnancy techniques, you know, so you go from that route to, okay, now this hospital also has a baby's app for you to track when you're pregnant. Uh, and then we go into a, a pediatrics app, you know, that covers ages, you know, one through or zero through, you know, five. Um, that's going to give you the information you need around your, your child's health care. And you can take that all the way up through teens. And obviously, then you're back into the adult app stage. So life cycling is becoming... Um, something that's fairly innovative. And, and obviously, you know, the more relevant of an app you have, the more you have to be mindful of the content. A lot of these things are content-based. So those hospitals that already have a fairly robust idea about content um, and content availability in each of these kind of medical life stages uh, tend to fare much better in terms of, of migrating this to, to, a, to an app or care experience mobile well, and I think that that's so that's a that leads perfectly and I kind of my next question. So um, you're in terms of the audiences that that you communicate with and you engage, um, you know, my thought is that this would all initiate through a marketing and communications team. But your ability to um, to to engage and show ultimately the the value proposition to a, a quality team and a clinical workflow team that would understand ultimately your ability to drive at better outcomes, um, even if it is through content um, and, and the integration in its integration with this with a mobile platform. Are you, are you seeing that um, that that translate to those folks that are 
on the administration side of um, maybe the quality inpatient piece or the clinical operations piece that um, they're seeing this as a an extension of what they would do or is it a communications uh, communications tool and, and they're just kind of adding um, their two cents do they see it as an integrated function of that's in their own toolbox there, that's a great question, um, Lance. They're starting to more and more. I, I think that, um, you know, I come out of the, the, the marketing side of, of hospitals, and I think that um, years past, marketing was a catch-all, right? Because the assumption was that, well, if we're talking or communicating with patients in any way or, or with consumers, then that's got to be something marketing leads and moves forward on. It, it, it's also not by coincidence that marketing gets tagged for some of these implementations because marketing is also seen as having kind of the most disposable budget. <laughs> you know, just shift right. some of those dollars from advertising yeah. over to the project and we're all good. Yeah. Um, and that's not, that's not truly not the case. But I, I would say that, that what, what's, what's changed the conversation for us inside of hospitals and whom we talk to has been really a shift from monodirectional app development um, to bi-directional app development, right? So we talk about what our mobile apps used to look like in the past. Well, a lot of it was just pushing information out, right? It was pushing information out to the consumer, pushing info out to the, to the, to the uh, patient as well, right? Well, now that we're EMR integrated, we now have the ability through our apps to share that information, right? So now I'm getting information pushed to me from my EMR that's telling me that I am not adhering to some of the things that I, I'm supposed to be adhering to. I now can, can you know, log when I, or, or select or complete, when I complete, select something when I complete a task or note that I complete a task, and that information mm -hmm. is transferred back to the provider in the EMR so they can do some tracking. So the bi-directionality means now that, yeah, we are talking more to um, the clinical side of the house than we used to, right? Because mm -hmm. their chief concern is, how do I reduce complications? How do I um, uh, reduce preventable readmissions, right? And they know that the best way to do that is to have a higher level and more frequent level of contact, um, whether it's, it's remote or not, um, especially during these days, with my patient, right? Um, if I can monitor my patient um, without having to see them necessarily, even in a telehealth environment, that means I'm able to save time and be more efficient because now I have an early warning system without intervening in their lives until I know that that system has been tripped in terms of how, how I help them, how I, help, how, how, how I intervene up them recover at this point. So you're right, we're now talking to more clinical leadership, we're now talking to more service line, um, quality development folks. We're talking to uh, uh, surgical operations or surgical directors. Uh, we're now talking to pretty much anybody that's involved and engaged in um, the, the patient care process um, and the care, the care design process. Now, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Now what that means though, is that, I mean, as you know, from your experience, there, there are pockets of, of, of organizations and hospitals, some that have budget for this, and some that just have kind of a, a, a priority to look at this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so normally we have to involve a few different groups because there, there often is not a pure, let's say, a cost center that's defined for some of this stuff, right? Um, and everything in hospitals comes down to the cost center. Where is this, where are these dollars coming from? Um, and quite often they may come from community health initiatives. It may come from uh, patient education. It may come out of IT 
Um, it all depends on who is handling the problem as it exists now. And trust me, when it comes to OR utilization, uh, complication reduction, parental barrier admissions, there are always groups within a hospital that are tagged with looking at that, being responsible at managing that process. And so the most important thing we can do is make sure that we link up with those groups that are focused on this um, because they're the ones that have the most skin in the game. They're the ones that are going to benefit most by, by internally having something like this deployed within the areas or the hotspots they have around um, some of these issues around complications and, and readmissions. Yeah. Um, do you see a, a, a time uh, in, in the, the future? I'm kind of skipping uh, over a, a or skipping over a transition here, but, you know, I, I think that we still have a, a little bit of, um, we still have a few gaps in, I think, uh, uh, operationally and in uh, experience and putting into place a lot of the technology that needs to be in healthcare. I see it wrap, those gaps rapidly closing and diminishing and, and going away. But do you, do you picture a time when you'll be in a, a meeting and there won't be someone that breaks down that, the, the conversation to ask um, whether you're EHR agnostic? Uh, <laughs> it seems like every, you can't get around it, but is there a time when like we start to, we, 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 we don't, it's just a given that we're all, you know, fire integrated and it doesn't matter. It's not even a feature. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a lofty, a lofty hall. <laughs> you know, I, I think that a lot of the fire integration and technology advances are probably happening more outside of the hospital, outside of hospitals. Um, rather than in hospitals. I think in hospitals are responding to what is being presented to them by um, uh, folks like Epic and Cerner and Meditech and the folks out there that are, are pushing the envelope on, on EMR development. Um, I think we, ha we currently have to rely very heavily on the major software developers building in you know, the smart on fire um, connectivity for let's say third party um, app developers like us to to tie into to be able to better support hospitals. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no hospital I know of that could build any MR from the ground up, right? So they're, they're just some systems that that they can't they have to buy versus build. And I think we still have to rely very heavily upon those systems that are are purchased, um, uh, allowing um, and seeing value in having third-party integrators like MobileSmith and others be able to tie into enhance and add value to their their applications. And so far, that's been very much the case. I mean, we are uh, validated within both Epic and Cerner, um, and uh, both of those companies have uh, pathways and routes and onboarding for third-party app developers to add some level of enhancement to their products. Um, I think they, they both see the advantages to hospitals in the, at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, you know, and I kind of ask it in jest, but at the same time, I think it's more and, you know, it speaks more to some of those things that, that get in, get in our way um, uh, as far as, you know, reasons to and not to uh, move forward with the bigger picture of, of what you're trying to accomplish. But what, what is for MobileSmith, what do you, you as a, what does the company see as kind of the, what's out there and what's next as far as um, priorities for, um, whether it's technology in healthcare, mobile in healthcare, um, or the, the consumer and technology related to healthcare? 
Well, I, I think it's all those things, Lance. I, I think one of our focus areas has been to develop a secure interoperable platform that allows us to easily build um, uh, apps like the Perry app, the, excuse me, the Perry op, um, uh, mobile patient adherence application, right? So mm-hmm. that's built on an existing uh, platform that has a number of a library of tools that allow us to build um, uh, related associated applications that support the care journey and healthcare process, right? So if you look at um, our Periop app, that's one of those apps um, focused on patient adherence. We also recently launched um, a set of COVID-related communication um, and response uh, and attestation apps, once again, built on the same platform um, with some of the same tools that allow us to deploy a different product into the hospital that is meeting a different need. So, um, and we want to continue that, that particular journey and trend, right? So anything that we're going to build moving forward is going to be... Uh, Adhering, <laughs> adherent to uh, the tools that are in our in our platform, um, and so whether it's surgical-based tools like periop uh, patient adherence, whether it's chronic management tools, right, that help a hospital better manage um, or provider better manage, uh, you know, your hypertensive, your diabetic, uh, your room. Uh, patients, any chronic condition requires the same level of task management, the the trigger or vector just does not happen to be a surgical intervention, right? It's you're, you now switch your, we're going to look at you pre and post surgery to we're going to look at you and track you pre and post appointment. So, and, and if you are having some trouble prior to your next six month appointment, we'll see that and we'll be able to help, help you, we'll intervene, help you recover through that process. So the same intervention and recovery model is there, whether it's surgical or whether it's chronic condition management, right? Um, uh, and then we want to continue that, that growth of, okay, managing the care design process to provide more information to both parties, right? And those parties are the patient and, and the other party is the provider or hospital, right? Um, and the more we can provide in terms of information to both those parties and the sharing of information, it allows both the patient and the provider to make better decisions about your healthcare. And, and that's where we're moving all of our apps. Um, you know, we also are looking very, very heavily at the payer side of the equation, right? How do we help payers better communicate with their members around um, uh, costs, about uh, network? Uh, how do we help payers keep their patients or keep their members in network uh, because obviously that results in reduced cost to them, but also results in reduced cost to the system and into the, into the patient as well. So we're going to continue to look at these apps um, that are bridging the divide between patient and provider with the EMR system being the, being the core middle and how our apps interrelate with the EMR system to drive better information, better data, better analysis to both parties um, in that equation is, is where we see ourselves playing. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch. And again, seeing the rapid nature of your growth, I think, you, you know, is, is indicative of not only the team building a, a solid program and foundation, but then also uh, the just watching the industry kind of evolve rapidly. And so, Bruce, I want to say thank you for, uh, for, for sitting in today and giving us some insight on what MobileSmith is going to. Obviously, we just scratched the surface, so we're going to have to do this again sometime. And and um, it'll be good to really maybe hone in on one one area and and uh, see what uh, Mobile Smith sees. So again, I want to say thank you very much. Thanks, Lance. It was my pleasure.